No mai, haere mai, ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. I'm Wallace Chapman. Uh, traffic here in Vicargo State Highway 6 remains closed due to, to northbound traffic only between Victoria Ave and Tay Street due to an earlier fire. Southbound remains open with a 30k an hour temporary speed restriction in place. Today on the programme, the issues around Sky City Entertainment Group, that includes the casino, have thrown back in the spotlight the notion of investing Ethically, ethical investing, is it worth it, Dad, today? School lunches have been an issue on the campaign trail. We delve into that with one principal and you're an hour out of town and two of the EV charges are taken. The other one has the wrong plug. Well, National has promised 10,000 electric vehicle charges by 2030 if elected that on the panel today. And... Well, with all the negativity around us at the moment, I thought let's acknowledge something that you like about this country. One young man from the U.S. identified two things he likes about this country. One is that you have great coffee here, and two, you can do bank transfers. He was blown away that you can transfer money to someone else. What do you like about New Zealand? I'll start Rotunda's. I just love a good rotunda. What about you? Text me, 2101. You email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Nalini Baruch, founder of Lot 8 Olive Oils, based in Martinborough. Wairarapa. Kia ora, Nalini. Hi, Wallace. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Also, Peter Field, head of the School of Humanities and Creative Arts uh, and associate professor in American History, Canterbury University. Peter, good to have you here. Nice to be back, Wallace. Thank you. All right, Peter and Nalini joining me today. And first to this, what's in a dad joke? The tacky brand of humour known as the dad joke is popular. Simple puns, straightforward punchlines, obvious wordplay. Here's an example. What do you call a factory that makes okay products? A satisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's a good one, isn't it? What about this? Dad, can you put the cat out? I didn't know it was on fire. (laughs) Thank you. All the subject of an article I was reading, a person who's looked at this is Dr Shane Rogers, lecturer in social psychology at Edith Cowan University in Australia. Dr Rogers, welcome. Hi there, Wallace. Now, so you say that these jokes are a part of a parent's toolkit. Tell us more. Okay, well, uh, first of all, I don't want to take full credit. Uh, I wrote the article in collaboration with yes. uh, Mark, Mark Hyde Nudson, uh, who's an academic from Denmark, and uh, the ideas are actually primarily coming from him. He wrote an article on this, and, uh, and I collaborated with him uh, for the uh, conversation article, I think you were referring to. I'm he's uh, actually from sort of an English background, whereas I'm in psychology, and sort of we collaborated yeah. to. Um, yeah, very modest of you. <laughs> Good on you, Shane. Well, tell us more about uh, what, a, what what's in a dad joke. What again? What 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 does a dad joke mean? Are they part of a parents' talk? Tell us more about the article. Yeah, sure. So. Uh, the idea is that dad jokes might be more than 
simply having a bit of fun uh, that we don't maybe think about as much. Like usually when we're just uh, having these fun, silly jokes with our kids, you know, the idea is just to uh, bond with them and have some fun. Uh, but the idea is that perhaps they might have an additional benefit, um, which is, well, a couple of additional benefits, which first of all, in younger children, is to just help them uh, begin to develop their sense of humour, you know, give them practice and be like a role model for uh, this basic level of humour where the, the dad jokes typically like the, the very simple basic wordplay and, and that's to help them develop their sense of humour as, as one benefit. And then the second is that as children get older, um, in terms of the toolkit, they can potentially get used in another way, which is to uh, embarrass the teenagers uh, because as the kids get a bit older, huh. the young, younger kids will really enjoy the, the jokes. Um, uh, but then as kids get older, they might start to find it a little bit embarrassing when these, you know, kind of their parents telling them these sort of lame jokes and particularly in front of maybe their friends if their friends are visiting and things like that. Yeah, we've got a panel here, uh, Shane. I don't know about you, Peter, but my uh, my little boy, he he loves a good dad joke. He finds he 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 asks for me to say it again. He just really enjoys it. Peter, yeah, so yeah. Uh, we'll bring Peter in. Yeah, well, it's great. I hope they're really lame, Wallace. The lamer, the oh, better. Don't you worry. Um, look, I, 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 you know what? I'll try to make two deep points, if I may, right at the beginning of the show. One is that uh, humor is a crucial part of life. It's a way of telling the mm. truth in a beautiful way. And I know in the United States, um, what, 25 million, a third of young people live without their biological father. So in order to tell dad jokes, you have to have a sense of humor and you have to have dad in the home. I think both are immensely worthwhile. Right, Shane? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, although I would also add that I think while, um, you know, dads can tell dad jokes, I do think um, a mum could tell a lame joke that you you know we might still refer to as being like a lame dad joke, but they can still tell it as well. Yeah, um, well, that's not my so point. There there aren't very many absentee mothers. The point is having dads in the house is a really great thing, especially oh, when sorry, you make yeah. fun of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I think um, I agree. Yeah, sorry uh, that um, you know uh, dads and and particularly dads with a silly brand of humor. I think there's a there's a real value in that um, and helping kids to uh, experience that and develop their own kind of silly side of humour as well because that kind of humour can be very useful in later life uh, when you're having to face challenges. I mean, you can kind of look on the silly side of things. I think New Zealanders are particularly famous for being um, good at doing that kind of thing. So well, I'll tell you what, Shane, we uh, have a bit of interest in this, and uh, everyone's uh, texting me their favourite dad jokes, but this one, this is on the money re regarding connecting. It's been crucial to connect with our teen daughter, mm. uh, which is, uh, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, Nalini. Mm, right, no, man, it's it's a rite of passage, isn't it? As Well, as far as I'm concerned, it is, and um, it's better to have dead jokes than have drunk deads and dreads, smoking drugs and things like that, I suppose. Um, it's, would it be correct to say that it's actually part of learning social skills as well? You know, it's helping your children understand humour, uh, break their eyes, how to have a conversation, but at the same time being mindful that um, 
there's a use-by date for these. You know, when your kids start to show some reluctance, maybe it's time to pull back on the dad jokes. Yeah, for sure. I think um, as they get older, I mean, and the kids will give you that reaction. They'll start to groan more than they laugh. And um, and I guess that can be a signal to... You could still use them in to embarrass them, like I was kind of getting at earlier, to have yeah. some fun in terms of that embarrassment. But at the same time, yes, I agree with the point you just made. Uh, you also want to... Uh, further develop the humour to be more, you know, there's different types of humour, you know, yeah, being a bit more basic, satirical or other types of humour that you can start to develop with your, ch- with your children as well. And their cognitive skills, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's another one. I, I grew up with dad jokes. Dad loved puns. <laughs> us kids had to be quick to get it sometimes, and it helped us master silly humour. So there's something in this, isn't there, uh, uh, Shane, that a lot of people are responding to this, a- a- and that notion, going back to Peter, that there is, there actually is something crucial uh, in humour. It's It's a real connecting bond, isn't it? Yeah, there has been, you know, there's research on that in psychology that uh, people can, that humour is an effective tool for, uh, on multiple levels, um, for just interacting with others and bonding with others and having a laugh, you know, and, and, you know, releasing those endorphin chemicals and having a nice time. Um, And then also to navigate awkward situations you know like if, if there's if there's an awkward situation that pops up we can kind of make, make a joke about things to to um lower that awkwardness and and move forward very good dr rogers kia i really appreciate your time now that's shane rogers who is a lecturer in social psychology edith cowan university of australia who co-wrote a piece uh, about uh, dad humor here's one my favorite dad jokes is dave how many ears has davy crockett got Three, the left ear, the right ear, and the wild front ear. (laughs) I tell you, I wish I had a laugh track. That would make me a lot funnier, too. You paid for that, didn't you, Uh, uh, No, I just, yeah. Anyway, uh, you're on the panel, uh, NZ National. And thank you. What what do you like about New Zealand? Someone says the Pride Festival in Queenstown. So that's how we're, we're, we're giving New Zealand a bigs up this afternoon. The one thing that you really do like about the country, and yes, please do if you want to keep um, sending me through your dad jokes. Time for I've Been Thinking Nalini Baruch. Well, uh, Wallace, um, I've been thinking about the coming election, and I've been thinking about what I actually know about the members of parliament and I I looked up a few of them and I came across names like Helen White and Angela Roberts and um, Anahia Suki-Suki and I thought well I actually don't know anything about them Um, and so I delved a little deeper and I see they do not actually hold any portfolios um, and probably that's why they haven't come across my path Um, and then I thought now who do I know about and you know, of course, they're the, the, the prominent ones like Robertson, uh, Megan Woods and Kelvin Davis. And the startling thing about those people is that they have so many portfolios. They have four or five portfolios each. And I'm thinking, why don't we spread them? Why don't we, you know, let's let's uncover these hidden figures in politics and uncover them by giving them 
uh, a more prominence by giving them more responsibilities. Well, it's quite as a well. fair point. Isn't Very it? good point. I had a program that was called Backbenchers, which, oh, did, I know that. which did exactly that. And I was, yeah. I, I was actually really fascinated because yeah. what you'd find is you'd find the people that, that are coming up through the backbenchers who will one day perhaps be ministers and such. No, I, I really I think it's a fantastic point. And they're very really highly qualified people as well. Yeah. It's not, you know, often. Yeah. yeah, often. Yeah. Nice one. Thank you, Nalini. Uh, Peter Field, I've been thinking. Yes, well, it's true. I have been thinking, not just dad jokes, um, but it's tempting. <laughs> um, and about politics, too. Um, we have an election here, and of course, the United States is gearing up to an election. Mm. Um, there's a, a famous line in history, actually, Karl Marx wrote it, about history repeating itself, but the first time is tragedy, and the second time is farce. So as, uh, as your listeners think about that, Wallace, um, I, I'm concerned that the United States had quite an election in 2020, which in its own way was tragic, and it looks like we may repeat it in 2024. So I'm afraid it might be farcical at the moment that we really might have a re-election, another election of Biden and Trump. Um, and at the moment, they're utterly neck and neck, I think, uh, yeah. 0. 0.70 uh, division between the two of them. Peter, so it's, I've it's, switched It's really off. hard to believe that we might repeat what we had in 2020. Wasn't once bad enough? I've switched <laughs> off when it comes to American politics. No. I have well, that's so safe. That's a good off. move. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, I'm afraid sad, I don't. Sad, it's, a, it's, a really, it's a really good point. But so uh, you, uh, you, this is this is quite quite serious, Peter. We are mm. facing quite possibly a Trump-Biden election again. Yes, it looks like it. And again, I'll try not to make a dad joke, but it's tempting, which is to say that there are times where one gets convicted of a crime and so you have to spend the night in jail. So I think it would be very funny if Donald Trump was convicted so he had to spend the nights in jail, but the daytime his job was at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They let him out to be president? No, that can't be. Well, yeah, Nalini. And the bad joke is... How is it that the Americans are putting up with it? Yeah, well, if you can answer that question, it's please, a democracy. Uh, we... It's a democracy, but it's well, not that... working as far as those of us looking from afar. Yes, it's true. It does seem yeah. like uh, there is uh, re- real struggle, real drama here um, behind the, the farce. Very, very good. Thank you both. Um, what do you like about this country? Robin Grammer says. I live in a caravan on the Rapaho Strait. I have to sit in my car to get phone coverage. I spoke to my friend yesterday. <laughs> a wicker walked past. A tom tit sat on a fence. A duck with the limp has moved on. Uh, and then an old mine, a strong man too, was smoking in the distance. I love where I live. Text me 2101. Something good about this country. You're on the panel on RNZ National.